Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. Ings in the box. Oh, to his left. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, Thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week, we have the pleasure to welcome one half of the Total Sense podcast panel, Ben Stanfield and Steve Grant, to help us chat through yesterday's visit of Aston Villa. In the away end, we'll be joined by James Jones, the co-founder of We Are West Ham, to prepare us for our trip to the London Stadium next weekend. And in extra time, we have those all-important Kyle Walker-Peter chants, so please stick around for that. You don't want to miss it. But first, you know the drill, my co-host... The Robin to my Batman, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. <laughs> yeah, holy smokes, Ray. Um, <laughs> how are you this week? I'm all right. I'm, I'm feeling much better than, than I was last week. And how are you, actually? Because it's, it's quite rare to have you join in from the start of the podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We've got a, a late kickoff this evening. So, uh, yeah, less chance of that happening. That's good. Have you been busy this week? Uh, yeah, I've been fairly busy with work. And today um, I've got the middle of the day off and I got asked to go climbing with a friend so um, I went and did that it's the first time I've ever done it how did and, that go? Um, yeah, it, was, it was interesting but my arms are absolutely fucked 
<laughs> it's good that we got a bank holiday tomorrow because I don't think I'm going to be doing much. Bank holiday, eh? Okay, so what, what's, what's the weather like in Moscow at the moment? Uh, it's been quite clement. It's as if spring's come, you know, about a month or two early. But there was a bit of wet snow earlier today, but it's all melted. But no, it's quite nice to go out and walk about. And we, we get sunshine now, something you don't see in wow. December and January. Mm. Well, it's February. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it. Mm. I'm a little bit more organised this week, because I, I was ill last week, wasn't I? So I'm feeling much better. But it, I mean, it has been half term, so I've been kind of like run down again, but... It is oh, what it is. Good to hear it. Um, right then, now that the uh, Support Act is introduced, let's bring in the main event. <laughs> uh, we have some proper podcast legends joining us today. We've got Ben Stanfield and Steve Grant from the brilliant Total Saints podcast. A very, very warm welcome to In That Number, guys. Thank you for joining us today. No worries. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's yeah. been a good weekend. It has been a very mm. good weekend. It, yeah. It, it's, it's yeah. I mean, we we don't get many of these. Um, obviously, Saints winning, Pompey losing. Yep. Um, Bournemouth, get, Bournemouth getting absolutely screwed by VAR. <laughs> um, I mean, who who did not find that hilarious when they yeah. they um, thought they'd scored and yet they end up going down going back down the other end to uh, face a penalty. The best thing about it, Steve, was that Sean Dyche was adamant that it was a clear penalty, yet didn't think anything about Ben Mees last week, which was... Well, right. yeah. Well, it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. Almost, it's, it's almost as if everybody within football is a massive hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I mean, Dyche, Dyche is arguably one of the worst for it. Yeah. Um, like, constantly, oh, yeah. Go, constantly goes on about... Like, he's got this weird sort of moral high ground thing about players diving. The only players who were throwing themselves to the floor last week were Burnley players. Mm. That is really um, true. And yet, didn't 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 want to bring bring up that uh, his moral crusade last week. Um, strangely enough, I, d- I did like our um, our cover of the program. Uh, yeah. Yesterday. Oh yes, yeah, that was brilliant. Nice a five, a five, five star rating from uh, from Sean Dyche, which I, yeah. I thought was uh, thought was an excellent touch. And got the quote, "Magic, I love it." Yeah. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> I'm not quite sure whether that was Sean Deutsch or Glenn Delacour speaking there. <laughs> Basically, sounded exactly the same voice there. That was very. No, no. I did. I did enjoy it, but the only thing apart me, I was thinking, well, yeah, we got five stars, but he's got six points off us this season, so he's probably not that bothered. Mm, that is but, true. Uh, but there we go. Yeah, our record against them is just bafflingly weird. Just like just like our record against Villa is bafflingly brilliant. <laughs> um, Strange one. It's it's, 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 it's odd because I. Like historically, in my mind, we'd always had a rubbish record against Villa, particularly away. And yet, like we've won the last three trips there, I think now. And and I mean, obviously, some of the home games have been pretty comfortable, sort of comprehensive wins as well. We obviously had the four-one, our first win back in back in the top flight in mm. 2012, uh, the six-one with the um, with the Marnie hat trick. Um, and I mean, yesterday, let's face it. I mean, that should have been five or six. It was. It was just so embarrassingly one-sided. Do you know what, yet, Steve? You've kind of we were pissed all over my stats here. <laughs> I was, was going to say, it sounds like we've done the podcast already, really. I think we've done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had all this written down, but I don't need to say this now. But yes. <laughs> good. Right, it was good to catch up, guys, anyway. <laughs> I know I've said this before, but you know that 100 episode that you had, it was such a great evening that I was so, so proud and so glad to be part of it um, at the Five Rivers. You put on such a great show. 
And it was it was great to see how a real podcast is produced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was uh, it was great. I think yeah, you, you know, as we said on the the night, I mean, you know, it was great to have so many people there, Ray, including yourself and Freddie and people like that. And uh, yeah. I think you know the, the the main thing was that the Saints Foundation did well out of it. And uh, you know, that was uh, I think ultimately, as I, I think I said on the night, even if the pod hadn't gone that well, as long as they'd made some good money and everyone had a good time, then I think that was uh, the most important thing. So. Relieved when it's done, but yeah, I mean, very much a team effort, you know, the the guys, I mean, as I said on the night, Steve and Glenn and uh, Adam obviously coming along and the foundation doing their support and the auction and all that sort of thing. I think it was a, an enjoyable night, but yeah, I was definitely, I definitely slept better that night than I did the night before. <laughs> yeah, it was so good because I didn't, I wasn't sure if Adam was going to be there, but um, seeing him do the uh, the World in Motion rap, I sent that straight oh, to Ken yeah. as soon as I got my way back to the <laughs> car true. as well, so that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I've, I've not heard from him since. <laughs> Can't think why. <laughs> this is ITN in that number news. Okay, so ITN news. Now you all must be aware of Charlie Austin was in hot water with the FA over his Twitter comments, which which is. I think he's been warned since now, hasn't he? I don't think he's um, been formally charged, but he's been criticising Saints fans and using some very colourful language, stating that well, basically we're shit fans and that we don't get behind the team enough when we need a boost. I mean, yes, he, I mean he should be rising above this as a professional and a role model, um, but do you think he has a point in this? A little bit, but it's one of those things where you kind of just keep it to yourself. It's 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 unnecessary. It's uh, and the only the only thing it's going to do is wind people up. And he and he know he knows full well that that's the case. It was like um, Champions League final where he posted that photo of him wearing the Liverpool shirt. Yeah, yeah. You you know you know it's going to piss everybody off, and yet he still goes and does it. Um, I mean he's he's a guy that clearly d- just doesn't give a shit, which is fine. I've got I've got no problem with that. But then don't don't go um, get in the arse when when people call you out on being a dickhead. <laughs> it's um, if, if, if you're going to act a dickhead, expect people to call you a dickhead. That's the that's the long and short of it. And he and he seems to think that everything he's done is is fine. It's like, well, okay, well that's that's your that's that's your lookout. But people ain't people ain't gonna ain't gonna sort of take it lying down, are they? That's that's Absolutely. the problem. I mean, I'm t- taking it from Charlie Austin's point of view. I mean, fans do get on certain players' backs quite frequently. I remember a few seasons ago in Redmond, when he wasn't quite as popular as he is now, he copped lots of flack, undeservedly so in my mm. opinion. Yeah. But are we too critical of these certain players? I mean, could this be the reason for our woeful home form? Maybe. It's, I don't think it's... I don't think it helps, certainly, getting on certain players' backs. And, but then, I mean, you, you kind of go back go back through every single, every single season um, that all of us have been Saints fans. You can guarantee there is what there is probably one player that gets singled out for particular abuse from from sections of the fans, and whether it's right, whether whether that's rightly or wrongly, um, there's always been someone. It's not. I don't think that's a ne- that's necessarily a new thing. And in previous years, we've had ver- we've had a very good home home record. So I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily a sort of cause and effect thing that oh we've We've been given giving certain players um, a bit of stick for perceived underperformance, and all of a sudden we're rubbish at home. Um, I think it's it's more nuanced than that, and I think I mean I, I don't think it helps certainly, but um, ultimately people have paid 
however much for their for their tickets, and to a point, they're in, they're in, they're entitled to to kind of have their view um, within reason, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, ben, I, I saw an article in the week saying that. Um, well, it was asking whether Charlie Austin was our most hated ex-saint, and I thought, hang on a second, that's a little bit, that's a little bit too hard. I mean, I, I still have a soft spot for Charlie Austin. I mean, what he said was wrong, I agree, but I mean, I remember what he did last season with that winner against Arsenal and, and on his debut against Man United when he scored. Um, I will always have that soft spot for Charlie Austin, but what he said was wrong. But is he the most hated ex-saint? I mean, is that too much? I'd, I'd say there's a good couple of dozen in front of him. Uh, exactly. I would have thought in terms of that, you know, um, the Lovrens and the Lalanas of the world. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I have a soft spot for Charlie Austin. I think, you know, he came in and he did OK. Um, you know, arguably he's best remembered for a Park Life outburst, you know, and an edit of that than he is for anything <laughs> on the pitch. But, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I think from... You know, obviously we talk to lots of people in and around the club. You, you know, you guys do the same, and I think there was quite a few people that were probably pleased to see him go. I think you know, in terms of his attitude and his arrogance and things like that. And I mean, you know, I guess as a professional footballer, I mean, you're right. There's, there's, you know, there is a line, and I think as fans we have to appreciate. And you, you know, you only have to see what's happened to, you know, certain celebrities over the last couple of weeks. You know, very sad situations and that sort of thing where the pressure builds up on these people. But I think you have to try and ignore it. And the fact, as Steve said, there, you know, he posts this. Oh, it's, it's nice to have an opportunity to swear for a change, but it's not, you know, you know he posts this shit and then basically, you know, he deletes it straight afterwards because I think he realises what he's uh, done. But, you know, for me, he's always been bitter, I think, since he got kicked out of the club. You know, he's done so many interviews, talk sports, Stan Collymore, you know, where he was yeah, talking, yeah, talk, that, yeah. talking about, you know, he had Mark Hughes took him aside and he said that, you know, none of these have got any bollocks, you know, implying that he did have and all that sort of thing and speaking about Hazenutal not, you know, not wanting to talk to him and putting him in under 23. So I, I think, you know, we talk about players living in other players' heads uh, rent-free and all that sort of thing. I think he's still got a, a bitter pill to swallow over Saints, but, you know, he needs to move on. I think fans need to move on. Going back to your original question, Ray, I think, you know, there's a numerous people that are in front of him in terms of most hated player, but I don't think he's one that will go down as a, a legend by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, and Kev, where do you stand on this? Yeah, I mean, he needs to get the fuck over himself, doesn't he? I mean, it just shows um, how bitter he is, and by by you know taking all this test, he's always worn his heart on his sleeve. Um, but by burning all those bridges and taking out on the fans, it just shows kind of yeah how bitter he, he is that he has taken that step down to the championship. Well, the thing um, is, he's, he's not even getting a game at West Brom. No, he's mm. not, is he? He's been on the bench for the last yeah. couple of games. Yeah, maybe that's I mean, why he's that. got so much time to tweet. Possibly, but I mean the atmosphere of St Mary's. I mean, I heard them say on Match of the Day that the crowd's not easily pleased in St Mary's. I'd say the opposite is true. You know, give give them anything to cheer about, and they're all behind it. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's going to take it out in the fans, and then you know when people start mentioning his children, start getting all rowdy. I mean, you can't start taking responses on Twitter personally. To be fair, as, I mean, to be fair as well, Kev. You know, from what I saw of it, um, and I may be wrong here, so let me know if I was. But I think the guy that mentioned his children had only said it in terms of, you know, that's a club that has provided for you and your family. It wasn't like he said anything aggressive or abusive, and there's certainly no place for that sort of thing. But you know, he then turned it around to say, you know, fuck the club type thing. I'm the yeah. one that looked after my family. You know, so I think that's mm-hmm. where the child situation got. You know, no one was calling his children out or anything like that. But I, you know, I, I think. It's all a bit of a storm in a teacup, you know, it's a typical footballer, more legs than brain cells, and, you know, as Kev said, <laughs> we just need to move on, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right, he doesn't help himself. It's, it's the equivalent of flopping your wedding tackle into a lion's mouth and flicking his love spuds with a wet towel, but, you know... Interesting analogy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's yeah, all we want to say about Charlie Austin. That's... <laughs>
um, and also, Kev, I want to talk to you about Shane Long. Yeah. Um, he was to be included in Mick McCarthy's Republic of Ireland squad. He has since been omitted. Uh, do you think, I mean, well, I mean, he's not going to be playing in that playoff against Slovakia um, next month. Are you gutted about that, or do you want all his commitments to Southampton? Um, I'd like to have seen him in there, because, um, I mean, I think the Euro is going to be his last chance to represent Ireland on the international stage, so, yeah. I'm going to kind of contradict myself, because I always uh, say so about Danny England, Ings, so yeah, you don't yeah, want to for England, don't, but you want Shane Long playing for England. But, yeah, I mean, look, if um, Long gets, I mean, he's not as injury-prone as Ings is, but if something does happen, I mean, it's, it's kind of not the end of the world, whereas Ings is our lifeline at the moment. Without him, we're pretty much nothing. Um, a little bit of transfer news for the summer. I mean, Kev, I know you love a little little bit of a... Tasty Yes. Um, we're apparently interested in Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's 24-year-old midfielder, Lewis Wing. Have you heard that? No, not the first time I hear that. OK, well... Apparently, we're interested in Middlesbrough's 24-year-old midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all I can say about it, really. Um, I don't know a lot about it, but apparently he's had a pretty good season in the Championship, but it kind of fits Ralph's blueprint. But, yeah. Well, he's, play- he's, I mean, he's playing in an absolutely dreadful team. Mm. Mm. Um, I mean, some, some might say that that would um, set himself up quite nicely, but uh, <laughs> given, given our performance <laughs> in the fir- first half of the season. But... Um, yeah, I mean, if Borough, Borough look like a look like they're they're a side that are kind of almost kind of preparing themselves to take a take a, a step down at some point. I don't, I'm not quite sure what they're what they're playing at at the moment, but um, I'd, I'd be surprised if we went if we went for someone with with that sort of profile. Um, I mean, yeah, he's he's obviously young, but I don't know. I mean, there's there's been no nothing in the press about him sort of. Stand, standing out in a in a bad team or anything like this, it's not like he's carrying that side to keep them in the championship or anything like that, where someone would automatically kind of get on get on clubs' radars. And obviously, that that's the sort of that's the sort of pickup that we w- that we would have made sort of four or five years ago. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised. Um, but then I guess with the the kind of doubt, lingering doubts over Hoybio's, um contract status, mm. then I guess you've kind of got to look at potential replacements. Uh, lastly, uh, St Mary's has been chosen to host three women's Euro 2021 games, uh, including one of England's games. Um, that was announced today, I believe. Kev, any more news from you? Um, just the injury updates. Um, obviously, Carl Walker-Peters uh, didn't feature in the game against Villa because of a calf injury. Um, Redmond, Ralph Hasnutten has said that he's out for a minimum of a month, so that's a big blow. And um, Buffal's supposed to be back in training next week. So. Well, Buffal was on the bench yesterday, so he must be yeah. pretty much pretty much there, I would say. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, were, you were never going to bring him on in the 1-0 situation that we were in at the time, so... Um, no need to I, Yeah, I, I, would, I would assume he's basically fit. Um, so yeah, he'll, he'll be he'll be uh, be there for West Ham. Be at least in the squad for West Ham. Uh, Gineppo played well yesterday, I thought. Yeah, so. he's giving him a bit of a headache there. Uh, I think. Which which is good. I mean, mm. um, Gineppo's not been quite the same since he had that injury early in the season because he he raced out of the traps, didn't he? First first five yeah. or six five or six appearances, um, but then got that got that knock and was out for about what six weeks or so. Yeah. Um, hasn't really done an awful lot since until yesterday. 
Um, I mean, God, let's, let's be generous. Villa are crap. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, they are so bad. Um, just pathetic. <laughs> and so, I mean, a, play, a player like him is going to have... Um, going to have the freedom to kind of do what he wants, really. Which is which is good, because he, he didn't look like he wanted to take on the man in when he came on against Burnley. Um, whereas yesterday, he was quite happy to run at um, Gilbert on, on their uh, right flank. Um, occasionally switched over and gave Target a, a few questions, although I think Target dealt with it a little bit better. Um, but yeah, he, he, was, he was very lively, and um, I mean, to be honest, he was he was probably the, probably the key player for us, I think. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what he does with that team um, at West Ham. Good problem to have. It is. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, on to the game yesterday. So going into this one, home form, of course, not great. Having only picked up 11 points, conceded 30 goals in 13 games, the most by a top-flight side since Ipswich in 1963. But safe in the knowledge that our record against Villa is not that bad at all, as you already said, Steve. Um, Villa winless in seven matches in all competitions dating back to December 2013. And their poor record would continue against us as we saw them off comfortably 2-0 with goals from Shane Long and Stuart Armstrong. And a clean sheet. <laughs> um, I'll just run through the 11 with you guys and tell me what you think about this. Um, McCarthy, James Wood-Prowse, Stevens, Bednarek, Bertrand... Armstrong, Smallbone, Hoiberg, Gineppo, Long and Ings. Three changes. Vestergaard out for Bednarek. Gineppo in for Buthal, as Kev said with that heel. Um, and a Premier League debut for Will Smallbone, a day after his 20th birthday. Uh, James Ward-Press shifts back to that right-back position in the absence of Kai Walker-Peters with a calf injury. And uh, Danny Ings actually made his 100th Premier League appearance. So, yeah, guys, what do you think about the, the, um, the 11? Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably like most Saints fans, uh, there were certainly eyebrows raised when we saw Smallbone was in the side. Um, my natural reaction, I think, was probably frustration that Prousey was going to end up at right back again because he's obviously been a real engine for us in midfield. But, look, I mean, Ralph Hasen, who tours an experienced football manager, and that's why he's picking the team and I'm not because Prousey did a great job of looking after Grealish. Smallbone obviously had a fantastic 18 minutes and made a real uh, impact. So I think, you know, on paper, there was maybe a, a couple of sort of concerns. But, you know, as a team, and, you know, Steve's already alluded to the fact that Villa were poor, but you still have to put these sides away. And as you said there, 11 points from home and 30 goals conceded. It's just like Saints that they pick up three points and get a clean sheet. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, I don't think anybody was particularly surprised by Warprouse being at right back, given that uh, we knew that Walker Peters was out. I mean, it doesn't say a lot for, Va- for Jan Valery that. Um, he's been available and, and been in the squad for um, for the last few games. So there's something going on there. I'm not quite. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I can't I, put my finger on. I, I mean, to be honest, having seen like Valerie's last handful of performances earlier in the season, obviously culminating in the first half of, of the game, we we'd rather not talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one. It's just one of those situations where I just think he's just lost complete faith in him. Um, whether and, he, and it's kind of well, he's he's on the bench because we've because we don't have like a whole load of um, bodies in in reserve. Um, but realistically, he's 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 probably not gonna, he's probably not going to be getting a game for the foreseeable future. Which I mean, given if I mean if you'd said that this time this time last season, I think um, people would look at you as, as if you're mental. Yeah. I think the other thing as well, though, Steve, is that Prowse is, you know, maybe fair play to him, but he's quite 
grown into that right back position over the course of the season. You know, he looked rusty at the start of the season when he was put there, and then uh, you know the more he's played there throughout the season, um, when the times come, he's done a, a reliable job there. So obviously, as you say, Hasenhutl's got a lot more faith that Prousey has got more Premier League minutes under his belt this season in that position, and therefore he's the natural successor now rather than Valerie. But I think. It is an interesting one, and there's, you know, it'll be. I'd imagine they're obviously going to be looking at the right back position in in the summer. You know, we know that, but it'll be interesting to see what that means for Valerie, short and long term. And, and Kev, I guess um, Gianepo kind of picked himself with, and, and yeah, if we said Valerie not fit, we all kind of expected James Ward-Prowse to slot into that right back again. But I, I guess the only surprise there was that small bone instead of Romeo. Well, I'll say I, I was actually surprised because I, I did think that because one new Valerie is back in training, he hasn't been included in the match day squad since November. So I thought, you know, this is is one little chance. But yeah, putting Ward Prowse in there does seem to be a bit of a no-brainer uh, to eliminate Greenish. We've seen how he wound up Zaha, and yeah, Buffal not up, up to full fitness. So yeah, Gineppo, it's not really much choice in there. Um, Smallbone, I mean, yeah, there were. I think Ralph was asked why he included Smallbone uh, in the squads, and uh, he said because he's good, <laughs> and he definitely proved that yesterday. He did. Um, guys, did you see this? Um, the, the decision to put Smallbone in was it a gain for Smallbone or a loss for Romeo? <laughs> little from A, a little from B, as, as I like to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I think it's a, it's a nod to the youth. And also a kind of uh, sort of shot across the bowels for Romeo in that yeah. I think his his kind of stature has waned as the season's worn on. Um, I didn't think he was anything special the year he won Player of the Year. He kind of won it by default, I thought. But mm. um, there are certain situations where he proves very useful and coming off the bench with 10, 15 minutes to go when we're one nil da- when we're one nil up. I think it was absolutely perfect, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not. Yeah, I think he's he gets caught out of position far too often for um, for the system that we play, and it doesn't give the back four enough protection. Um, I, that's basically I thought it was shipping shipping goals left, right, and centre. Yeah, and I, I was just going to say, Steve, I thought it was interesting that Harzen said after the game that you know he likes small bow and he doesn't take many touches. He's quick with possession. You know, it's totally the opposite of Romeo, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I imagine he probably looked at that uh, sort of game, Ray, and thought, well. We want to be taking the game to Villa, you know, and if we bring someone like Romeo in who's got the experience, you know, he's been there and done it, but is he more defensive and does that then invite them to sort of come on to Saints a bit more than you maybe want? Whereas Smallbone's probably got nothing to lose. And, it was, you know, it was a risky because it was a big game and, you know, arguably you could have called it a six-pointer to a certain extent. So, you know, it was a big call, but I think it's paid off and the players come out of it full of confidence. The manager's obviously, you know, got a, a sort of another feather in his cap. So, yeah, I mean, it all turned out well in the end. I'm glad you said that, Ben, because actually it got written down here. I mean, maybe he wanted to tack, you know, just go all out at Villa, and Romeo simply wasn't the player to do that. And then there was always the option to bring him on if we needed to, just like, you know, put maybe a five-man midfield and short up at the end. But obviously his decision has paid off. Bench, uh, Gunn, Vestergaard, Adams, Romeo, Buffal, Oberfemi and Valerie. Right, yeah, um, start of the game yesterday. Um, A pretty uh, frenetic start from us. Clear that we were going to go for it. Wanted to get the early lead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I had to pretty much reassess my score predictions straight away because um, we just went out flying and it was just um, attack after attack after attack. Um, it didn't take long before that there was a goal, and I, I thought, Jesus, you know, we could have 
you could it could be four, five, six nil easily. Yeah, I think it was it was one of those one of those games where you you look at Villa's record, um, both both sort of generally this season and particularly away from home, and it's bad, kind of on a level of bad compared to us at, at home. So I think when you're in that situation. And I mean, let's face it. We're still we're still not great defensively, um, despite having improved things um, from earlier in the season. I think kind of it's one of those you just got to kind of fight fire with fire, and you know that Villa are gonna Villa are gonna try and um, try and be a little bit attack minded because that's the only way they've got to play. They they know they're not going to be able to stick ten ten men behind the ball and just just feed it to Grealish. Um, although I mean, obviously they they just did the latter part um, from an attacking sense, but they they can't just sit back and defend. They're not good enough to do it. So they were always going to come out and leave space for us to um, to get in um, either down down the flanks or through the channels. And yeah, I mean there was so so much space. It was it was kind of almost embarrassing at times. And. Um, Pepe Reina kept them in it in the first half with with two good saves. Um, obviously, Smallbone hit the post with a deflection. Yeah. Um, Long scores with his bollocks. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, and you can't you can't think. Well, we're going at one nil one nil at half time. Yeah, we've we've played very well. It's probably our best probably our best first half of the season at home. Um, and yet you're kind of thinking that's. That's a worry because surely Villa can't be that bad again. <laughs> um, I mean, fortunately, they were almost as bad again. Um, but yeah, I mean, having not killed the game off to then require a, a breakaway where the keepers come up for a corner and we score into an empty net in the 95th minute is—you kind of think, well, that's a bit annoying, actually. Yeah. Um, because I mean, that game should have been four or five nil, and and everyone would have been absolutely delighted. Well, we've we've put these to the sword. And there is absolutely no doubt that we are absolutely fine for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, we, we got the win, so everyone's still absolutely, absolutely delighted. Um, but I think against a slightly less shit team, we might we might have come a cropper there. Possibly. How, how many years have you been following Saints, Steve? 25th year as a season ticket holder. There you go. You must be used to us doing it the hard way, right? Well, to an extent. <laughs> I'm just chuckling at the fact that Steve's got 18 months worth of built up swear words here that I don't let him use he's <laughs> going, going for it now so yeah yeah please do it please do it um, Steve you said about, about Smallbone um, Ben I just want to talk about like how you thought how, how impressed were you with this kid I mean he's getting limited chances um, but when he's selected he's taken those chances I mean he's grabbed a goal in the cup against Huddersfield last month he's come on got a start against Villa Probably, you know, he didn't didn't expect that himself, and he's come on and he's grabbed his chance again. Yeah, I, I think there's two things here. So, firstly, I've openly admitted before I can't remember to who that I don't watch the under 23s enough, and uh, and I don't see some of the players coming through. I know Glenn, you know, who comes on the pod, is a is a real sort of advocate of watching them, and he's been talking about Smallbone quite a lot. Um, so I think you know he's not someone I'm in masses about, but I'd I'd sort of temper with that with you know in, in English football we have a habit of building players up very very quickly. You know, Gineppo yes. being the next Manny, all that sort of thing. Um, I think it's important that we remember that the lad you know turned 20 a couple of days ago he's still very young you know that is his debut in the Premier League it was very impressive he got a standing ovation all the sort of things that will give him a lot a lot of confidence and as I said earlier Ralph from the point of view of selecting him will now have confidence to do that but I think we need to be careful you know we need to temper that with 
giving him enough opportunities at the right time, but also as fans understanding that he's going to make mistakes. And as you said earlier, we do jump on players very, very quickly in terms of frustration sometimes, particularly at St Mary's. So it's a great start, a bright start, you know, good on him. And it's great to see the academy starting to have a few players coming through, the likes of Obafemi and things like that, that Ralph is starting to select. But I do think we need to be careful about how quickly we sort of, uh, you know, snowball him into something that he's not. Yeah. Yeah, I can't agree. Sorry to be one. boring. No, 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 that's no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk the goal. Um, as Steve mentioned, it came off his bollocks. Um, brilliant cross <laughs> from the outside of the boot from Gineppo, um, right into the mixer. Yeah, kind of just like like humped it in, didn't he? And then match of the day said it came off his six pack. Six and pack. I, thought, <laughs> I thought I thought it came off his six inches. If I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> so okay, that's like one off his ass, one off his knob. But is he going to get one with his feet this season? I mean, yeah, it's kind of crying out for a a, a chant to be made up of it. Like, <laughs> just Shane Long, Shane Long. He scores them with his arsehole. He scores them with his schlong. Shane Long, <laughs> Shane Long. <laughs> Um, the, thing, yes. the thing is, though, Ray, you, you know when you sort of players are desperate for a goal and you, and you sort of talk about it and you say, you know, he, ju- yeah. he just needs one to hit him on the backside and go in. It's like, yeah. oh, he just needs one to hit him on the bollocks and go in. Literally, that's what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Um, so Long, in his last nine starts against Villa, has registered eight goals and four assists. Um, yes, yeah, so I, can't, I can't imagine he scored more than five against anybody else. <laughs> No, in his entire that's career. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, six, only only six, his second six, Premier League goal of the season as well. Great vendetta to have that one. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't stop there. Um, they focused on doubling the lead straight away. Um, Pepe Reina's goal kicks, like, straight away, they were turned back on him. Like, Ings had another shot. It is very pleasing, that, that mindset. I don't think they, like, like they, they settled on that one. You know, they wanted to double it. They wanted to keep going. And I don't think Villa were expecting this. No. I kind of, I kind of got the impression that, I mean, that they could be there all day. That, like, ah, we've got, you know, we've got a whole 90 minutes to score another goal against them. Um, but Gineppo sending it into the stands in acres of space there, um, the middle of the first half. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, we're a bit squanderous. Like, Definitely. Definitely so, yeah. The thing is, as well, watching Pepe Reina, I mean, he was, he was like Franco Baresi. I think he thought he was Franco Baresi back there. You know, the amount of time he was taking on the ball, trying to spray it around like human or something. And, yeah, nine times out of ten, it was it in a Saints player, wasn't it? But I, I don't know. I, I think he was sort of, in his head, he was a totally different player to the fact that he was Pepe Reina. Yeah. Um, and then at half times, like, Villa failed to register a single attempt on goal in that first half. That it wasn't offside. Oh, uh, yeah. OK, well, <laughs> let's call that one back. But like Steve said, how bad is that? I mean... The first time we've prevented an opponent from doing that since April 2014, and that was against... Any yeah, Aston Villa. Was that, was that Villa was, as well? It was Aston Villa, yeah. <laughs> I go. mean, we should have been 3-0 up at the break easily. Um, <laughs> being the, 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 the negative person that I am, there was a part of me that thought, we've missed our chances here, and I was thinking the Wolves game all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Second half will be flat. We'll end up conceding, despite how dominant we were. I mean, if you don't take your chances in this league, you get punished. And that, that, why am I feeling like this still? Yeah, I mean, none of us, I, I think, were too comfortable. You get to half-time, you had 13 shots, you're 1-0 up. And as Steve said earlier, I mean, 
you know, it should have been 3 4 5 nil, and we're all waiting for that equaliser to go in, and then we're all waiting for us to be up for a corner or something, then to just break away and make it 2-1, and then we're all sat there thinking, we knew this was going to happen, but yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a sign of, maybe, you know, it was, it was our day alongside the fact that, as uh, Steve said at the start, Villa, you know, clearly lacking confidence, and uh, it was interesting watching them, you know, maybe they have one eye on next week's uh, cup final, but as well, their manager said... going to get absolutely... Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, as, and as their manager said... Christ. And as their manager said, I mean, lots of them have now played their self out of the team, rather than playing themselves into the team well, so who else, uh, who else did yeah. you pick well yeah I, I don't know oh, he's, he's, he's spouting absolute nonsense there because they they don't have a big squad they, they've they not got str- well I mean they've not got strength in um, no depth but there's no, there's no backup there that's of the same quality as the players they have got mm. um, on the pitch so I, I don't see him making many changes um uh, next Sunday, and yeah, I mean they're going to get absolutely battered unless City decide that uh, we'll declare it two 0 and not embarrass them. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't honestly see that happening. But then, but then that'll, te- that'll be ten minutes into the game. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> get get one of Strain Long's six for six packs and just sit back and uh, enjoy the ride. Yeah. And the con- and the consolation as well, unless because I'm so crap at keeping up with these things. But even by losing the cup final, they won't get into Europe now, so they haven't even got that no, right. No, that's there right. You, you are correct. Yeah. Hoiberg in this game, I thought was fantastic. I, I, I've criticised him in the last few weeks, Kev, as you know. But I, I mean, obviously James Will Prowse plays a big part in this. But Grealish didn't get into the game. He looked frustrated throughout. And there was that moment when he tried to take it round and uh, Hoiberg takes the ball off of him, runs it upfield, gives it to Long, he runs into the space and there was a cross and Hoiberg does that brilliant you know, left foot volley, brilliant effort. Such a difficult technique. I think I tried that last week and I skied it. It was embarrassing, but yeah. <laughs> um, brilliant effort there. Um, and then they made the changes, I say, Long innings off for Oberfemi and Adams. Did you think, do you think Adams should have come on a little bit earlier? Difficult to tell. It's... <laughs> It's one. It's one of those where, where you you probably it's very difficult to preempt when you think your strikers are going to have run out of energy. Um, and obviously, we know the way that the Long and Ings are pressing incessantly from from the start. But there, there was certainly a, a point at around sixty five, seventy minutes or so, where I mean, not only was did it feel as if the clock was going backwards, um, but it also felt as if Long and Ings had kind of run their course. And it was then going to be a case of, right, OK, well, he's going to take at least one of these two off at some point in the next few minutes. Um, and he took, what was it, 73 minutes, I think, they came on? 73 minutes, yeah. Um, so that was a little bit later than I was expecting. But, I mean, it's, it's probably, it was probably about right. Um, I mean, Ings was, was quite quiet second half, I thought. But um, Long, Long was always involved. But he's always the one that you worry about uh, fatigue and um, if he's going to... If he's going to um, run around like a blue-ass fly for um, 70 minutes, at some point in the following 20, there's a potential hamstring issue coming in. Mm. Um, so I think I think it was certainly wise to take him off. Um, as I say, Ings have been fairly quiet second half, so I, I don't think we necessarily lost anything by by making making the double change. No, I'm just I just really want Adams to come and score his goal. I just really want it to happen, and, and it very mm. nearly did. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I see these sort of games as, as, as a perfect opportunity for him to start. But I don't want to break up that that long innings partnership at the moment. But it, it's, it's got to come soon, surely that one. Yeah, well, I, I, the problem is, I, problem is, I don't think that we're in a position where we can be kind of arrogant enough to say, well, we'll give we'll give Shane Long a rest. Oh, absolutely, play, yeah. Play yeah. Play yeah. Adams. Um, or give Ings a rest and play Jay Adams. Um, it's 
I mean, may, maybe if, if we go to West Ham next week and win, then maybe against Newcastle, Adams gets a start. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the moment we're, we're not, we're in, we're still in beggars can't be choosers mode. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You pick, you pick your strongest team all the way through, and then I mean, once once we get maybe into the into sort of middle of March, you're then already pretty much mathematically safe if we're on. What are we on thirty four points now? So, yeah. yeah, I mean two two wins takes it to forty and you're done. Mm. Oh, how 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 amazing does that sound? Just to be safe at this point of the season, mm. it's just it's just great. Um, well, but, where we were, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, be honest, guys. Like, how nervous were you when Villa had that corner at the death and Rainer comes up? Not very. No, <laughs> no. Oh, when, I, 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 I always think when Extremely. the keeper, when the keeper comes up, and I mean Rainer's not a tall not a tall goalkeeper either. He's not, and, and he and went thirty-seven, and, and, and he went and stood right under the post. It's like if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're keeper yeah, coming yeah. forwards, if you're a keeper coming forwards, you stand on the edge of the area and then you bomb it in towards the penalty spot six yard line and cause havoc that way. That's the only way the keeper. That's the only way the keeper's effective um, coming up for a corner for uh, for me. Um, yeah, but and and as a result, the ball kind of went vaguely where he was, but he was never going to be able to jump for it. McCarthy gets gets a good old fist on that, um, and I'm mean, quite quite where the hell Stuart Armstrong had that energy to run 95 yards yeah. um, to score. I mean, he nearly missed, to be fair, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ridiculous energy in 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 the in the last minute stoppage time. Yeah. And, ju- and just briefly, I mean, I, I would add as well, we've, we, you know, certainly I think some of us have been quite critical of Alex McCarthy this season. You know, he's a good shot stopper, but he doesn't necessarily command his box with any real authority. And bearing in mind what you said there, Ray, it was the 94th minute. He had three or four players around him. It's good to see him be confident and decisive and come out and put a good fist on that because he could have just stayed on his line and who knows what would have happened then. So I know it was only sort of the edge of his six-yard box, but good on him for coming out and being uh, confident enough to sort of get in the midst yeah, of it and sort yeah. it out, really. Yeah. But to be honest, I mean, I, I'm nervous for every corner I mean, we saw that at Burnley in the first minute so uh, yeah. Rayner wasn't the problem for me it was just I mean they could have had one player in the box and I still would have been nervous I tend to be more nervous when we got corners because we tend to concede <laughs> at the other end but yeah I mean it, yeah it's just it, I think it sums up wasn't it it was our day and you know it all worked out nicely in the end exactly yeah and you talked about the goal I mean nothing to be nervous for defended it well and I mean Adams did really well there and he gets it, the ball and pings it over to oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a cracking ping that oh yeah, yeah yeah brilliant yeah and, and it's not the first time this season, is it? I mean, he set out the winner at Leicester, didn't he? He put the ball through to Ings. So even yeah. though he's not scoring, he is, you know, as Steve said, he's coming on, he's having a bit of an impact. So, is, yeah. you, you know, that, that again, that's going to build his confidence as well. And he's, I said to someone the other week, you know, because he was obviously linked with Leeds, and I said, we're not the sort of club that, A, does it, but B, can afford to just bomb players out quickly. Oh, he's not worked out, let's just sell him. They're clearly going to give him a chance. You know, he's still young enough to develop. So at least, you know, small steps will help to build his confidence, build his, uh, you know, ability to play in the Premier League and that sort of thing. But, I mean, he made that goal. Stuart Lung's, you know, run was unbelievable at that time, as Steve says, yeah. but that cross-bill pass made the goal, didn't it? It did. And that, that shot, to be fair, it was missable. Oh, I thought it was. I mean, I missed one of those last week as well. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd never have got there, to be honest. I would have been on the edge of our area by the time he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was it. Yeah, 2-0. Fantastic. Massive, massive... Good ice hockey goal. <laughs> Indeed it was, Kev. Yeah, good. Um, home win, home, you know, clean sheet, uh, another big step towards Premier League survival, great team effort, and Ralph held it as a perfect win, so that's good enough for me. Um, so that's 10 points off the drop zone now, level on points of Arsenal before they played Everton today, I don't even know how that game's going. 
Arsenal uh, one Arsenal three, one, three two. two. Oh, okay. So not level with with Arsenal now. But um, Newcastle, of course, lost again. So we've we've pulled to a three point lead over them. Stay twelfth, thirty four points. Um, guys, I'll start with you, Ben. Um, thoughts on Gineppo this week? Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, I thought he was man of the match. Um, you know, I think you could have put a case together for probably any of those. I'd say ten outfield players. You know, Che Adams as well, but. I think, you know, he ran, what was it, 11.62 kilometres or something, seven and a half miles, I, I worked it out into old money, and, uh, you know, he set up the first goal by not giving up, I mean, the Villa defender pretty much switched off, he was then around the back of him and uh, put the cross in, as you said, I mean, he's, he's one of those players that has been quite up and down the last few weeks, he's obviously had a few niggles, you know, to be fair to him as well, he's been travelling with the uh, international team, but, you know, when we needed to stand up, there was no Buffel, there was no Redmond. We needed him to have an impact yesterday. I thought Jack Stevens was excellent again, but I would have probably given Gineppo man the match, I think. Oh, brilliant. Um, and Steve? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, as, as Ben said, the, is, the impact that he made was was key. I mean, I think one of the, one of the things we've kind of had with him um, earlier in the season was, obviously, he wasn't, he wasn't starting games initially. Um, but he was having a huge impact when he came off the bench for the last sort of, 25 yeah. minutes, half an hour. Um, Brighton, for example, prime example. And that Watford Crystal, Crystal Palace as well. Yes. yes. Um, and um, but we'd not really seen an awful lot from him with sort of, from him when he started games. Sheffield United, he struggled first half when when we stupidly played him at left wing back and he got <laughs> got torn <laughs> new arsehole. But as soon, as soon as we changed the system and he was playing in his in a proper. Um, uh, sort of left midfield role, he then came alive and obviously scored that scored that brilliant goal uh, that won us that game. And yeah, it was, it was similar yesterday. In that, but he actually did it from the start. That um, I think he I think he got the. I mean, they prob- they must have done some analysis during the week and shown him. Look, this guy is crap. Run at him. He will shift himself. <laughs> and he, he got some confidence from that. Whereas you play against Burnley, you know that Burnley are very strong defensively. That is basically their thing. That is that mm. is their that is their whole ethos that you do not pass. Whereas Villa, um, I mean, they've now conceded 52 goals in the league. That's the wor- worst defensive record in the Premier League, um, and it showed. And G- and Gineppo had a lot of space to to work with. Um, Bertrand was was quite happy to um, to overlap at times as well and, and help him out. He had a lot of support. Um, inside, Long was always making runs down the channel, so drag, just dragging their defenders all over the place, and it gave him so much so much space that all of a sudden he's got the confidence to try running at people. Um, and I mean, we, we we saw the end result there with obviously got the assist, um, probably should have scored as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was very good. Okay, with that in mind, uh, Steve, what do you do with West Ham next week? Who do you who do you play, Buffel or Gennaro? Um. I mean, obviously, we d- we don't get to watch him in training, but I would I would assume that Gineppa will keep his place. Um, I mean, West Ham are I mean, West Ham are now, I believe, um, the team with the worst home record. Yes. Um, hey. Yeah, <laughs> we are we are we are now third from bottom in the in the uh, home league table. Ah, uh, no, sorry, uh, just I just looked it up. West Ham are above Norwich on goal difference. <laughs> um, but they, but they, they both got twelve points from thirteen games at home. So I, I think we, I think we go into um, into that game, assuming Walker Peters is fit. Then I think the only change is him coming in for Smallbone. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which I mean may sound a little bit harsh given that he played well, but I think 
West Ham's midfield are, are quite as much as much as they're kind of quite slow. I think they're also quite savvy. Yes, so I think someone like are. someone like someone like Noble will kind of eat eat small bone for breakfast. I think it's absolutely as, yeah. as, as much as much as I absolutely do not rate Mark Noble. Um, he's just got that little bit of a bit of being an arsehole about him that he can he can run a, run a midfield against naive opposition. And I think I think that's the that's the sort of situation where him up against Ward Prowse could be quite fun. Yes, we said that in our um, in our West Brom preview, uh, West Ham preview actually about them too. Could be quite a quite a tense one. Yeah, quite but niggly, I, I, quite so angry. So I, yes, I think you I think you probably go back to what you would have said was our best best eleven based on what's available. So that means Walker Peters back in. So we've got a proper right back. Ward Prowse back into the middle where he. He is still most effective. Brilliant. I, um, we've heard Ben's man of the match. He, he, he said Gineppo, but what do, what do you think? Uh, who do you think man of the match was yesterday? Oh, yeah, difficult one. Um, I think I yeah, I think I'd probably agree just on the basis that he he had those sort of flashes of big impact. I think there were there were players that probably had a had a longer lasting impact on the game, sort of from start to finish. Um, Armstrong being being a prime one. Um, Ward Prowse at right back was excellent as well. Um, hmm. and, and Stevens as well um, was very good, and he's he's a player that I mean I'd kind of I'd pretty much written off. Yeah, me too. Back in sort of March of last year, um, so to see him him as kind of the leader of our defence as the as the sort of big organiser, I, I think from a technical perspective, I still think he he lacks quite a lot. Uh, but you need an organiser, and Bednarek isn't clearly isn't that player. He's he's just a good defender, yeah, um, for the most part. Um, Stevens is the guy that is yelling at people and telling them where to go, and he, he reads the game without being able to read his own game. If you see what I mean, yeah. Which I mean is part is part of his own problem. I think in that he does lose concentration every now and now and again, but he's able to organise other people who at times will then cover for him. So I think you kind of get a win-win in that scenario now. Um, Kevin, man of the match again. It's, it's maybe not not as easy. As you might think, but I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone had a had a bad match. Um, well, McCarthy had nothing to do, so I can't mm. give it. Um, a mean, he still managed, managed <laughs> a bit. Was faultless. Was yeah. clearing. It's probably was faultless. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, I did have a little mistake there, but um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Mr. Bump. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was blistering, especially after I, I sort of laid laid into him um, last time. You did. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, for the whole ninety minutes, I thought I thought he was brilliant, and yeah, that blistering pace. I mean, maybe slight criticism that in front of goal, when he gets a chance, he does manage to blast it into the stands. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, my faith's been renewed in him. But right, you say about faith being renewed. On on that basis, I'm going to go with Hoiberg for me because I think he'd done everything mm. you expect him to do and more. I think he kept. Grealish quiet and frustrated all game. I think he broke down so much. Bags of energy, lovely little volley. It was just a, you know, a proper captain's performance. I think so. I'm going to give it to Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. Fair play. Oh, he worked well with Smallbone though in the midfield. Yeah. Um, guys, before we we let you go, um, well, let's get the real issues out of the way and let's get our game. I'm not, I haven't got a name for this one either, Kev. Maybe we should sort that one out. But um, it's just uh, who has played for both. Okay, so West Ham and Saints. I'm going to tell you the years that they played and you're going to tell me which player it is it's going to be fastest finger on the button as it were Steve will be so good at these things well this is good so um, okay so we go to the first one Neil Ruddock 
<laughs> I'm just going to pull myself. Actually, do you know what? I've got like six, seven names here, and Neil Ruddock is not one oh, of them. So okay. I'm sorry. Well, I guess mine, you guess. Right, carry on. <laughs> okay, so 1991, West Ham. Saints, 91 to 95. And then back to West Ham, 95 to 98. Richard Hall. It wasn't. Oh, um, oh God. Jesus, struggling. Northern Ireland. Oh, Ian Dowie. Ian Dowie. That's, yeah, that's, um, that's Ben. That's 1 0 to Ben. Ken, you're going to keep score. What? He played from before. Yeah, 91 to West Ham, 91 to 95 at Saints, and then back to West Ham, 95 98. Every day's a school day. It is indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the second one uh, Saints, 2005 to 2006, and then West Ham, 2007 to 10. Nigel Quasi. It was, it's 2 0. Yeah. Wow. God, I hate. God, I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant me then. Just the, just the, <laughs> just, just, just the epitome of how god awful we were under Redknapp. <laughs> that he was captain. Just yeah. a pathetic oh. excuse for a man. <laughs> Saints, 2010 to 2017. West Ham, 2017 to 2018. Yeah, oh, well I think that was Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got to give it to the guest. Yeah, two-one, Kev. Uh, okay. I got uh, one. I got one. <laughs> Can I go home? Saints, 2009 to 10. West Ham, 2015 to current. Michael Antonio. Oh, it is. Yes. Three one. Uh, okay. Saints, 91 to 96. West Ham, 96 to 99. Is that is that Richard Hall? It is Richard oh, Hall. Oh, well, that's Three two. <laughs> Okay, uh, West yeah, Ham. He only played about two games for West Ham, didn't he? He got injured and was well, basically just sat out of his contract for the whole for the whole time. I don't, I don't know. He was such a nice lad as well. I remember oh, there's some cool. friends of ours knew him really well because he stayed in their house with them. Oh, uh, he was such a nice lad. It was a shame that his career kind of went that way. 2004 West Ham, and then 2005 to 2008 at Saints. <sighs> Tough one. God, we had such a turnover of players in those years. Neat. So we would have been like that was chip. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, Jesus. He was a centre-back. Oh, ca- um... Christian Daly. N- neither. Christian Daly. No. no. Christian Daly? Oh, I forgot about Christian Daly. Wow. Actually, I'll tell you, he was only on loan at West Ham in 2004. From Crystal Palace, if that helps. Oh. It was Darren Powell. No, oh, Jesus I'd never got that. I'd never <laughs> got that. Um, and lastly, okay, uh, Saints, 99 to 2001. And then in West Ham, 2007 to 2011. That's a tough one as well. What was the Saints years? Uh, two, uh, sorry, 99 to 2001. That was the Dave Jones, Stuart Ripley season. It was. It's not Isle Berk. Is it Isle? No, uh, too, oh. too late for Isle Berkovich. Yeah, that's a good tell as well. I forgot about Berkovich. Wow. Um, he was Portuguese, winger. Boamorte, yes. It was Boamorte. Yeah. Yes. Well done, well done, Ben. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, well done for taking part. That's all right. <laughs> um, I think that's about it this week, actually. Um, yeah, unless you wanted to add anything, Kev? Uh, no, just thanks a million for coming on. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, right. it's been, yeah, it's been good fun. Likewise, yeah, and keep up the good work your side as well. Cheers, and yeah, oh, have a good episode. You're recording now, aren't you? In a minute, yeah. So uh, try and remember some of your stats, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, guys. Thanks very cool. much for coming on. Nice one. Cheers, cool. guys. Bye bye. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. In the away end this week, we're pleased to bring in James Jones, the co founder of We Are West Ham. James, thank you. Welcome to In That Number. Thanks for chatting with us today. Thanks for having me. 
Not a problem, not a problem. Um, firstly, can you tell us about, well, about what you do for, for West Ham? Uh, I, I, these days, I just moan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've been sort of in and around the, sort of the, well, I've had my West Ham World as my old website, which I ran for, for about five or six years and then sort of broke away from that and then me and Will Pugh, my, my sort of, my co-founder of We Are West Ham, we sort of joined, joined forces with Love Sport Radio. Yeah, now we run the podcast there, so it's sort of a live uh, one-hour radio slot on I've a, a Tuesday night. And then, uh, oh, great, brilliant, thank you. Right. And uh, and um, and then yeah, and then we release it as a podcast. But you know, I, I'm sort of I, I work in journalism as well, so um, working for a media company that own a, a number of uh, websites, um, football websites. So yeah, I mean, moaning about West Ham and moaning about <laughs> football in general is kind of my my living. Oh yeah, we like to do that too. I actually saw your um your interview that you had. I don't know if it was yesterday or today. Well, I saw it today. The um when you were talking about the um bullying on social media. Yeah. I listened yeah. to that today. I thought, yeah, exactly the same way I feel about it. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was I mean, nice. I get abuse most weeks. Mm. Um, yeah, it's what it is. It's <laughs> kind of what you sign up for, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Nobody, nobody's allowed opi- an opinion these days. Absolutely not. No, it's 2020. You're not allowed an opinion. <laughs> okay, right. Um, let's just chat through West Ham then. Um, I said to you chatting in the week that West Ham is a club that fascinates me uh, in the sense that, like, last season you spent quite a bit of money and you bought in some really, really talented players. I think it was, was it Jop at the time? Uh, yeah. Yama, Yamalenko, uh, 36 million quid on Felipe Anderson. Heaps of others too. I'm probably missing out some properly, you know, big ones there. Finished 10th. Um, <laughs> I don't mean this in a bad way, but was, is, is that what you were hoping for with the money that you spent? I mean, because you seem to spend big money getting some great players, and to me, you should be pushing higher than, than what you are. But I, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I don't really actually hear your fans complain about that. I, no, I mean, I, I think last year was a bit weird because you know, we, we'd spent two, two years sort of being a little bit annoyed about the stadium move and... Mm. Um, and sort of two rounds in a row, and what happens to Billich and the, the protests. Um, and we asked for a big man, big man, big name manager to come in. Uh, Manuel, Manuel Pellegrini was appointed, he spent a lot of money. And a lot of fans were like, okay, well, it's not going to happen overnight. We'll, we'll let him get his feet under the table. You know, we've got director of football in. Um, and we were happy that they spent the money, we were happy with the appointment at the time. Um, so, like, 10th was, was okay, it was acceptable. The whole season wasn't all happy. You know, there were times in the season where we were a little bit like, we should be doing better. But at the end, it was like, okay, 10th, we can push on from there um, with the players that we've got. As you said, you know, we spent a lot of money that summer. Um, we spent a lot of money again the summer just gone. Mm. So we were expecting to, to to really be pushing. And then in September this season, when we're, we're fourth and, okay, we lost the first game of the season 5-0 to, to City, but then we went eight games unbeaten and, you know, we beat Man United at home and we were like, yeah, finally, a little bit of progress, you know, we're finally on our way to where where the club really promised the fans that we'd be when, when they when they announced the stadium move. You know, they said, you know, we're going to move into the stadium, it's all going to be brilliant, world-class stadium for a world-class team and we thought, finally, it's becoming, it, it's beginning to happen and then, the goalkeeper gets injured and it all falls apart. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see why other fans would be like, well, they should be doing better than 10th given the amount of money that was spent. But it was, a, it was a big upheaval. There was a lot of change. The whole coaching staff changed. You know, director of football come in. 
So it wasn't going to happen overnight, but um, eventually it just all fell apart. And I think that's just the story of West Ham these days. As long as the fans what? have got, got a little bit of patience. But yeah, um, <laughs> this season, I mean, you, you say you bought in, was it Pornells, Haller, Bowen? Yeah. What, as you say, more money spent, which leads into my first question is that what, what, what were your goals going into this season? Like back in July, where did you set yourself to finish? Well, I think, I think at the beginning of the season, you know, as you said, we finished 10th last year. Um, look at the money we spent and we thought, OK, we should be looking to at least be in that conversation for the top eight. Um, I know a lot of reports were saying that we were in and amongst the conversation for the top six. You know, one of the teams amongst Leicester, Wolves, uh, Everton to be to be up there in terms of the teams competing for that, you know, breaking that top six. And so a lot of fans kind of bought into that and went, Do you know what, no, actually, we, you know, we've spent enough money. We're good enough to be there. We've got the, big, the so-called big-name manager in charge. Um, we can beat them. We, we you know we can compete. And at the beginning of the season, it looked like we, we were going to beat that team. The pressure for Europe at West Ham's always been there. We've always wanted to be in Europe. The trouble is, we've never been able to get out of the qualifiers. Um, but you know, I think I think for West Ham fans generally, any expectation going into any season isn't you know win the league or finishing the top four or doing something like that. We just want good football, a steady season, no controversy, and progress. if we're lucky, and, and, and progress is good. And if we're lucky, a nice little cut from, which again is quite rare. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the expectations weren't that high. I think the media and the, the sort of the, the early predictions kind of masked or sort of changed a lot of fans' expectations a little bit. But I think another mid-table finish wouldn't have been that unacceptable, really. What did you think of uh, Pellegrini as a manager? I thought, I thought it was a good appointment at the beginning. All the fans were calling for a big-name manager after after Moyes was let go the first time and after everything was promised when we moved into that stadium. And you hear about the, the promises that we were made with that stadium quite a lot over this call. But, you know, we, we were promised you know, a world-class team, world-class manager and a world-class stadium. So we finally got a Premier League winning manager. But one thing that kind of a lot of people didn't really get at the time was that this is a guy that's gone out to China and is kind of semi-retired already. Um, and we didn't really consider that at the time. We just thought, oh, he's won the Premier League. He's been at City. He knows the Premier League. Um, he's going to turn us around. He's going to turn us into this great team. And it, it started okay. Um, but in the end, I think tactically he wasn't great. He, he bought these players that some were injury-prone, like Jack Wilshere. Mm. Some were rubbish, like Carlos Sanchez. Um, and other players who just sort of couldn't really fit into a, a good enough system and I think eventually it all caught up with him and I think part of that was down to the fact I mean I can't say definite but he's been over China for 18 months or whatever it was semi-retired over there made a bomb come back for one last hurrah in the Premier League and it didn't really work out for him and it didn't really work out for us either so we're kind of back to square one What was the kind of straw that broke the hat and was back with Pellegrini then? I think it was, it, generally it was just uh, the, the situation that, that, that we, I mean, we were poor. Poor run of results, you know, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think it's like most managers that, that lose their jobs in the Premier League. It gets to the point where the owners feel as though they can't gamble any, any longer by, by hoping, with them, hoping that it'll get better. Uh, we were fourth in September. By November, we were sort of, you know, midway through, you know, sort of mid, sort of flirting with a little bit of a relegation battle, and it was like, okay, you either make a change now, or you just you kind of hold on and hope it gets better. And 
I think I think it was never going to work, and I was glad that they got rid of him when they did. Sounds it like was just the replacement very, that annoyed me. Very, very similar with our situation with Mark Hughes, Kev. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do, do, do you think it was the right time for him to go, or should he have gone earlier? Absolutely. I mean, after I can't remember what game it was, but I think it might have been the Leicester game, and I tweeted David Gold, you know, as I do most weekends, <laughs> and, uh, and said, and said, like, I think it, word for word, it was Dave. You got sucking, mate. <laughs> and uh, about two hours later, I was tweeting back going, "Cheers, mate," because he'd they, they'd done it, and it was, it was brilliant. I was I came home and well, was like, me. "You look yeah. happy, even though you lost." I was like, "Yeah, I just sacked him." And I was like, "Oh yeah, brilliant." <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, go on. How did you feel about um, about the Moyes appointment? At the time, I was livid, <laughs> and and that's putting it mildly. I was I was not happy because this is a manager that eighteen months ago. Okay, he kept us in the Premier League after Billich left, but this is a this is a manager that the board did not feel was up to taking that job full time, and he wanted that job full time. Mm. He made no secret of that, um, and they went, "No, he's not good enough. We'll get Pellegrini in." The fans were calling for a big name manager, um, so the board co- were kind of following what the fans wanted. Oh. But to go back to him eighteen months later and go, yeah, "Can you come and save us again?" <laughs> It was just a little bit ridiculous. It was just that, a little bit that like that more... <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think it has. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I, I thought at the time when it was announced, I mean, I, I was at work, but I rushed home and I wanted to put Sky Sports News on and I wanted to see, I wanted to see the reporters at, at the London Stadium and, and just see what they thought about it because I was unsure whether they were going to be happy with that or not. But, I mean, the fans still were now like, well, OK, he won his first game against Bournemouth 4-0 and... Everyone was everyone was happy, but then it, it was just like, well, we've not won since. We've out the cup. We're we're in deep trouble. What? Why have you decided that this is the man that's <laughs> to, the, the the best man to come in and save us when eighteen months ago he wasn't the right man to take us forward after he saved us? Yeah. Um, and it's just and and again he's come in midway through a season. It's not his it's not his squad again because before he took over Billich's squad. Yeah. Now he's taken over Pellegrini's squad. That's two hundred million quid Pellegrini spent. Wow. Um, I mean, and it's mad. And now and the fans are like, "Well, he's not one in seven. Like, Alan, before Alan, does he? Alan, has he got? He's got an eighteen-month contract. Do you let him? Do you see? Do you let him see it out? Or do you sack him for the end of the season? I don't know. Goodness, it's, it's a tough one. Um, but then again, who's available? Who do you want? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I've kind of given up on the managerial situation. We're just kind of, I hope for the best. Um, all right, well, let, let's let's turn it round to something positive. Let, let's hear some standout yes. performers for you this let's season. Who, who are you happy with? Um, <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> I've had all day to think about this, and it's, I still don't know. It's got to be uh, uh, Felipe Anderson. Now, Kev, we went to that West Ham game last year, didn't we, at St Mary's, and yeah. Felipe Anderson just torched us then. And, what oh my God, they got themselves That's, a player here. That was Felipe Anderson's best 45 minutes at West Ham, mm. still to this day. Oh. Um, he's been below par this year, uh, really below par. A lot of fans aren't happy with his performances. Um, do you know what? And it was surprising a lot of people, but Robert Snodgrass has been our best player this year. Mm. Oh. He's been absolutely... And this is a player that, when he arrived at the club, the fans did not want him there. They washed their hands of him straight away because he, he came in on the back of Dimitri Payet leaving and, yeah. and all of that, and he was there to replace him. And um, then he was sent out on loan for a year at Villa, 
But he's come back and Robert Snodgrass, one of the best professionals I think we've ever had at the football club for a start, but a great, you know, he's, he just works hard and I can't remember the last time he had a bad game. Played up front last night, didn't he, from what I saw, looking at the team. Uh, the team kind of. It yeah, he's like a number 10. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's been brilliant this year. Um, I speak to most West Ham fans, they'll have him down as power of the season at the club at the moment. Which is mad, given that three years ago they didn't even want him anywhere near the club. So um, mm. fair play to him. He's been, he's probably been our best player. Oh, hope, hope for David Moyes yet then. <laughs> um, and yeah, underperforming players for you, if you can narrow it down. I've, so I've been thinking about this all day. I mean, that all of them have been underperforming, <laughs> bar <laughs> not grass. But the the one that really surprises me is Benissa Diop. Mm. Now he arrived he arrived last like, what two summers ago and. Mm. You know, uh, Jose Mourinho after he bossed uh, Man United when we beat them yep. last year, and Mourinho saying, you know, fair play to the scout that found him, he's a monster. And everyone was going, oh God, you know, now Mourinho said that, everyone's going to be circling, everyone's going to be 60 million quid, he's going to go. And, and, you know, everyone thought, oh, we, we've got a bit of a bargain here, 20 million quid from Toulouse, you know, he's going to be a, a great player, he's only 21, 22. But this year he's been a bit out of sorts, you know, he messed up for one of the goals against Brighton last weekend. And he's, he's not been as solid, as reliable, um, as safe as he was last year. And I don't know whether that's just because maybe the pressure's come down on him. You know, a lot of pressure on young shoulders after Mourinho bigs him up in the press. I don't know. But mm. um, he's been the one player I've been quite surprised hasn't been as good or as consistent as last season. I just want to ask about um, your January transfer window. Um, did you yeah. have any expectations going into it? And, yeah, how do you feel out behind you? I think the main expectations for West Ham fans in January was bring a central midfielder in, which they did. Tom Suchek looks like he could be a, a quite a good addition. Uh, a bit early to really say, um, given that one of his games has been away at Man City. Um, but... We also desperately needed a right-back. Uh, Ryan Fredericks is injury-prone. Uh, he got injured again last night. It looks like he's dislocated his shoulder. Uh, and, our, and our other right-back is Pablo Zabaleta, who's like 58 and on his last <laughs> legs. And, uh, and it's like we, we desperately need a right-back. We need a right-back because Fredericks is going to get injured again. You know, some, some fans will even say that Fredericks probably isn't quite up to where we, where we should be. Um, but they didn't do that, and instead uh, they did a very, very good bit of business and brought Jared Bowen in. I thought that was a yeah. fantastic yeah. signing. You know, the guy scored what, 50, 55 yeah. goals in two and a half seasons in the championship. Um, I think only, he only in, in those games he only started eight up front, so scoring goals from out wide like that mm. is a good signing. But you know, you've got nothing to lose against City away, and what you do? Starts him on the bench, brings him on with ten minutes to go. So, classic noise. It was, um, <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was an okay memory, but it could have been better. Yeah. Um, right, okay. we'll, we'll go into the game. Uh, well, the game that's in, uh, next weekend. Uh, back in December, you, you, you came to St Mary's and provided our only blemish in that festive period. You won one nil. So it's not yeah, the first last time. away win, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> not the first time that a team's come to St Mary's to stick one on us. It won't be the last either, I'm sure. Um, but what sort of game can we expect this time around? And, you know, be honest with this one. Are your fans kind of like circling this one and thinking, yeah, we should be getting all points here? Uh, I'll be honest and say yes. Yeah. Um, given, you know, we've got Liverpool away on Monday night coming um, on the back of City away. Mm. Uh, and then 
I think after after you guys at home, we've we've got Tottenham away, we've got uh, Man United away, Chelsea at home. We've got some really uh, Wolves at home as well, which is always a tough game. So, you know, we've got a real tough run of fixtures. But right in the middle of that, it's Southampton at home. And I think a lot of fans, me included, are going, right, this is one, not one that perhaps we should be winning, but one we have to win. And I think, you know, we were here two years ago, again, when Morris was in charge, when uh, we, des- we were in a relegation battle, Morris had come in and we were playing you guys at home. I think we beat 3-0. Mm, yeah. um, and it's exactly the same situation. You know, we desperately need a win. Uh, you know, we've got a very, you know, no disrespect, got a winnable game, but it's whether the mindset is there with the players. And you know, I think it's going to be a tense game. I think it, I don't think it was three uh, nil to either side. I think it's going to be very, very tense because both sides need the points. Oh, I don't think we'll be scoring three goals for the rest of the season at home. So don't worry about that. <laughs> got Danny Ings banging goals and for fun. Yeah, away, away from home maybe. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is it going to be a dirty one? Do you think? <laughs> Uh, yeah, potentially. It, it might be a case of who can do uh, do a dirty over James Ward Prowse and Mark Noble. That would be it. Oh, I'd love <laughs> yeah. to see it. I, I'm yeah. playing ticket price just to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, are there any weaknesses in your team that we could exploit? Uh, all of them. <laughs> 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 On a serious note, set pieces definitely. Uh, oh, that happens to be our strong point. Well, there you go then. So he won that one three 0 um, Yeah, I think he was taking like, the piss. If, if you watch, if you watch the City game, I, I don't know if you did, did watch it on Monday night. I watched but, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Wednesday night. Towards, yeah. Like City's first goal, they've looked to call in near post. Rodri's just nodding it to the back post. You've got no one on the post, so obviously it just goes in the back of the net. It doesn't always oh. happen. We, we, we had a we had a player on the post against Burnley last week, and it still didn't work. Oh, so. oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I get that. But we just, you know, we, when, you, when you don't even put someone on the post, you know, you haven't even got the chance of clearing it. And you know, we have made mistakes against Brighton, and we're three one up, cruising with ten minutes to go, and we still draw a thrill. Mm. Um, and that's at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, defensively, we've not we've not been great, and and it kind of goes back to you know, it's a deal not being the player that he was last season um, we, I don't think any manager this season whether it's Pellegrini or Moyes has kind of really settled on the back like sort of a centre back pairing Diop kind of been, kind of tends to be the mainstay but then it's a toss up between Balbuena and Ogbonna. Um and the fact that our, our right, uh, right and left back or wing backs or you know, whatever you want to call them this season sort of, it, sometimes they're injured sometimes they're not You've got Zabaleta in there sometimes where he's like, you know, half on the beach. Um, we just don't really have a, a solid defence. And you're relying on a 21-year-old Declan Rice to protect it, who is a great player, but is very still very, very inexperienced. So, yeah, it's going to exploit us. Just aim for the defence. Okay. And um, you will find a goal. I hope so, I hope so. Um, is there anyone from Saints that you're worried about? Um, is is Gineppo fit? Yes. Well, then I'm worried about him because I think he looks like a really nifty little player. I don't know about you guys, but I saw him at the beginning of the season and I thought, cool, this lad looks very, very good. Well, on his day, he is. Yeah, it's a weird one with him because whenever he seems to start, he looks isolated and he just looks... He, he doesn't get involved in the game enough, but when he comes off as an impact player, he seems to make more of a... Yeah. But with Redmond being out for... 
well, two, two months, I think, and Bufal picked up an injury against Burnley, so there, there is a chance that, that Gineppo will start. Yeah. Armstrong. Yeah, more Prowse and Hoiberg uh, in the middle. I like him. Hoiberg's another one I like. Um, obviously not one that's, you know, potentially going to going to sort of he's have a bit of creativity. Yeah. He's not going to cause you but any problems. I, I do like him. I think he's a really good player. But then obviously, you know, the man at the moment, Danny Ings, banging goals in the phone, literally holding my fantasy team up <laughs> on his own at the moment. Um, I mean, if there is a player that I think will hurt us, it's Danny Ings, definitely. Yeah, uh, bearing that in mind, um, what, what's your score prediction? <laughs> um, well, we could be here all night. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we'll be up for it. I think we'll have to be. A lot will depend on how bad we get beaten by Liverpool on Monday night in terms of, sort of the mentality and the positivity around the club. But um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to stick with my boys and say that we'll win it two one. Okay. After everything you said, <laughs> oh, after everything I've said, you've got to back I'm your always, own team. You've got to back your own team. Always got to do it. Yeah. And what about you, Kevin? Um. Well, yeah. Well, if, if we're going that way, you've got to back your own team. I think we're going to lose uh, <laughs> six. Seven, no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know. I think we have to win this either because it's going to either. You know, get West Ham out of a hole or it's going to send us the other way and uh, I think we're going to slip up either against Villa or against West Ham but or both uh, no I think we're still yeah maybe oh wait. <laughs> I don't know fuck it we're going to win 3-1 do it okay um, I, okay I'm going to I'm going to go 2-1 Saints I think we're just going to edge it 2-1 Fair enough I wouldn't be surprised Our own form's rubbish At the moment So yeah Fair play yeah. <laughs> If you could pick One Saints player To have in your Current West Ham setup, Who are you taking? Um, given that you've got A goal scorer And we haven't Danny Ings Popular mm-hmm. answer yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean it sounds Really obvious But yeah. like, we struggle We struggle for I mean It's very well documented That West Ham Can't buy strikers That score goals Oh, um, we've had that issue as well. But this yeah, year we've been you, lucky. You've got one that's scoring goals, so I'll take Danny Ings all day long, please. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, the trick is to get the ones that aren't scoring when you buy them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, OK. Tough choice, this one. But would you rather wear a Millwall shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? <sighs> Can I get back to you on that? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair... I'll be honest, yeah. I wear the Millwall shirt. That's fine. Uh, I hate I hate haunted stuff. I, I hate horror movies. Uh, <laughs> it's not for me. Uh, my wife thinks I'm weird because she loves it. Um, <laughs> what she loves uh, Millwall? <laughs> uh, no, well I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I just I can't do anything horror, ghost, haunted, anything like that. So I've sat in the Millwall shirt for five years. Do you know what? And to be fair, there's we no don't worry. play them very often, so I don't really I don't really mind Millwall. It's oh. just another club in another league. Oh, maybe we should have said Tottenham. Uh, make then then the... I would have picked the haunted house. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It made going to the London Stadium a bit more difficult, though, wouldn't it? God, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I'm the, the co-host of a Saints podcast, and I openly said that I'd wear a Pompey shirt over going in that haunted house. So don't feel bad. 
Fair enough. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> um, okay, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? That is a mental question. <laughs> uh, half, I don't know. Half, half the height of Lionel Messi. Yeah. I'm not very really sure as it is, so uh, I'm not really sure either, really. I'm kind of middle of the road, but um, yeah, I think it'd be quite fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it probably lowers your chances of getting beaten up for wearing a Millwall shirt as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, we love a good fan chant here. Um, aside of your anthem, Forever Blowing Bubbles, um, what, what's your favourite chant that goes around the London Stadium? Well, we don't have many these days, we don't sing a lot, but um, and I've, been, I've been thinking about this all day, and I'm glad that I can swear on this podcast, which means I can actually say the one not is my favourite at the moment, given the the problems with the fans and the owners at the moment. Obviously, the fans have got quite a lot of songs for the owners, mm-hmm. uh, against the owners. And uh, at the moment, it's fuck off Golden Sully, where's all, all our fucking money? It's all lies, lies, lies. Oh, that'd be great. And, oh, uh, that sounds like come feel the noise or something like that. <laughs> something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, sounds good, yeah. We, we sing it before, during and after the game. It's uh, If you go to any West Ham game, like, you, you'll hear it. Um, in it you know, the fans just want the board to fill up and go and uh, leave us be. So um, after all the lives they've spent, uh, they've, they've said. So, uh, yeah, that's the song. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to listen out for that now. I'm going to get it on YouTube when we finish and, and, and try and find it. <laughs> join in with yeah, that. you definitely hear it. Brilliant. Um, before we let you go, the most important thing on this show at the moment, Kev, the nameless Twitter game. Have you got a name for it yet, by the way? Um, no. Tweet that number. <laughs> I still think we can do better than that, I still think. Um, basically, James, all it is, I'm going to give you two players and you're going to tell me who's got more Twitter followers. Okay. Okay. Right. Number one, Winston Reed versus Harrison Reed. <laughs> uh, Winston Reed. One. You go Winston <laughs> Reed. And Kev, what are you going for? Winston, of course. Yeah, seventy thousand to thirty-six thousand. Okay. Oh. This one might be a little bit more difficult. Declan Rice versus James Ward-Prowse. Oh, got James Ward-Prowse. I reckon Declan. Declan Rice says eighty-three point eight, and James Ward-Prowse says eighty-five. Oh, yes. So James Wood-Prowse. Um, Andre Yarmolenko versus Kyle Walker-Peters. Yarmolenko. Yeah, Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko, 36.2. Kyle Walker-Peters, 101.2. Wait, where did, those, where did you get those? Oh, it's, yeah, it's Tottenham Power. It's Tottenham, isn't Yeah. Yeah. That's, why I, that's why I threw that one in there, because I thought you were going to go Yarmolenko that's straight away. Terrible. All those fans yeah. on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, Champions League final and all that. Yeah, yeah. they love him in the Ukraine as well. He must not. The Ukraine must be a, a pretty low, uh, a kind of rifle. black. Spot oh, no, I was looking mm. for this. I thought, oh, Yarmolenko's going to have loads. He's going to be in the in the hundreds, but no, apparently not. Uh, Felipe mm. Anderson versus Shane Long. Given that Felipe Anderson is Brazilian, you'd expect him to have a lot Brazilian footballer. Um, but he's only got one cap, so I don't think most Brazilians know who he is. <laughs> um, so, I'm Shane Long. I'll say Shane Long as well. Felipe Anderson, 166.1. Shane Long, 150.3. So, it's Felipe right. Anderson. 
I reckon Philip Evans has bought about 100,000 of those days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and lastly, Jack Wilshire versus Southampton. <laughs> Jack Wilshire. Look at his arsenal when he's a lad. Uh, Southampton. <laughs> Southampton have 1.1 million. Jack Wilshire right. has 3.7. <laughs> 3.7 million people like yeah. uh, following. Yeah, yeah. So that, that all our football club. I think you could, we could have put our entire squad against Wilshire, and, and Wilshire would have come out on top. You could definitely combine. Yeah. Surely combine West Ham and, and Southampton's Twitter page, and it still won't be enough. Yeah. Well, I think what was it? <laughs> we did West Ham last week, Kev. I think West Ham was 1.6, wasn't it? Thanks, 1.1. So yeah. Yeah. So, right, yeah. so <laughs> We got a bump because when we signed uh, Javier Hernandez, who said, oh, the Mexicans. Oh, yeah. Just all signed up. They, they even translated the website into Spanish. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, he didn't last long. No. <laughs> <laughs> no that's a shame. No, that was a shame. I was a big fan of this. Yeah, no, he's good. Um, I think that is about it this week, Kev, unless there's anything else you would like to add. No, no, no. no, no that's it for me. Just, um, yeah, cheers for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. No, I've enjoyed it. Thanks very much for having me. Good luck for the rest of the season. Hope we get the chance to um, have you on next season. Well, we could uh, both go. Providing, <laughs> providing we both stay up, yeah. Yeah, maybe FA Cup third round or something. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Thanks very much, James. It's been, it's been nice great. Nice one. Cheers, guys. Cool, yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. You too. Cheers, up, up the Saints. <laughs> Welcome back to the Extra Time segment. So we'll start off, as usual, with predictions. Kevin, <laughs> predictions. What's going on with these predictions? Like, last two weeks, we've been completely ridiculous. It's just, yeah. We both went for a 1-1. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of glad to be wrong on that one. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm glad to be wrong. But that, that's the good thing about being a pessimist. You can, you know, you, you can't fail to be... But right up to the 95th minute, you were thinking, like, oh, Jesus, not, yeah. I'm not going to be right, am I? Am I? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I was thinking that, but you know. But anyway, oh. we, we both went 1-1. No points scored, so it was 51-39 to you still. Uh, Super 6, we had two rounds, obviously, because of the um, midweek games. Uh, round 43 was won by Stuart White with 19 points. Uh, and Stuart White actually jumped into the lead at that point with 340 points. And round 44 was from Saturday's game, and that was won by Michael Etheridge on 14 points. And Stuart White actually holds on... Anyway, hangs on to the lead now. Three-point lead on 353. So, yeah, well done, Stuart. Uh, fantasy football, Kevin, if you must. Yeah, I mean, I'll start as usual with my team, and, and I've had an absolute fucking shocker this week. But, oh, um, really? Like, yeah, 27 points so far. And I, kicked like, ass, that, I kicked your ass, Most of that is him and his, uh, he actually scored today. You kicked my ass, but um, I thought, I actually watched that, uh, Leicester City game yesterday and when Schmeichel saved that penalty I thought oh Ray lucky bastard um, he must have surely <laughs> taken Schmeichel off the bench and um, gotten those 12 points but no I didn't but I did think about it I, I mean it wasn't as if it was like a decision that oh it wasn't like I just left him I, I actually thought about it and thought well, okay Brighton I got the easier option there I could I could pick Matt Ryan in goal I got Casper Schmeichel playing against Man City I'll take Schmeichel out because he's going to let in a few. But then Schmeichel saves the penalty and scores uh, quite a few points. 
bit of a mistake on that point. But with that mistake, Kev, I still managed to kick your ass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mostly through Martial, Jimenez, mm. Wamba Saka keeping the Jimenez team. Jimenez captain, well. I might add. Yeah, I've got Jimenez captain as well. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, thanks to VAR, one percent clean sheet, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that 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 kind of it doesn't lift you quite off the bottom yet of our um, podcasters' league. Is Ben Stanfield like second from bottom now, or is it or is, is Freddie like jumped completely up? Um, no, uh, Ben Stanfield's in fifth. Uh, Freddie's Freddie's in third now. He's jumped right because he was bottom of the league a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he's he's coming for me. Um, uh, he's got 28 points this week, so he's probably had to. Oh, but li- he's got a few Liverpool players to oh, come in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've broken your rule of not having any Liverpool players in your team, and you've brought in Van Dijk. You said that about six months ago, Cam. <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> um, all right. Um, well, I basically I put it this way: I could either just stick by my. <laughs> my morals and have no Liverpool players completely or am I going to want to win this league and I decided to want to you know at least jump up the league a little bit and I picked Van Dyke. that's all I've got isn't it Van Dyke? yeah and I picked Van Dyke because he's an ex-Saint I mean I could have picked quite a few of them to be fair but I mean <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah in, our, in that number podcast league it's um, still Stephen Culloch at the top but Lucy's um, like roaring up into second now uh, how Che Yoon b- believe this um, only 30 points this week but that was enough to take uh, second position off of Jamie Thorpe's yes indeed um, um, who had the most points this week on our in the number it's difficult to say because the game week's not up yet uh, yeah uh, Liverpool play West Ham on Monday night and yeah I think most people have got at least one Liverpool player so that's a tough one mate I did quite well though didn't I yeah, I think you're definitely going to be up there. Hmm, OK. I thought I had a good week, apart from um, Schmeichel and Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Markstone's had a, a good week, 39 so far. Well done, Matt. Yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for the fantasy Premier League. OK, um, right now, those... <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what's coming. Those all-important uh, Kyle Walker-Peters songs. Uh, have you got yours this week, Kevin? Um, I ha- you know, last time I said that I had um, about an idea and a half. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I'm ready. Okay. I want you to sing along with me, Kev. All right. Let up, Teddy Jeffrey. Little teams from London trying to steal our team's creators. New lad at the back, let's hope he shuts up all the tweeters. And if you want these kind of dreams, it's Kyle Walker-Peters. <laughs> On the fringe of the Spurs team, he missed out by millimetres. Straight in for the Saints, let's hope he tests out all the keepers. It's understood that Southampton want Kyle Walker pieces. Um. 
Haley the extremely well and here be us for ages. But we know thanks and we know girl we can't afford his wages. He's no heavyweight. He's only five foot eight. <laughs> We've got Kyle Walker pieces. We've got Kyle Walker pieces. Dream of Kyle Walker pieces. That's going to be sang on the Northern. There you go. Yeah. All right. But I had the bridge and the chorus this time. Yeah. No, but the, yeah, that that that's that's. That that is that is epic. I think you definitely set the standard because um, after that I couldn't just wheel out my little two liner stamp. Uh, he he needs a needs a, a proper a ballad really, doesn't he? <laughs> so my my half idea um, had to be fleshed out into an entire song to um, keep up with that brilliance. But that that was that was that was epic. Um, okay, Jesus. All right, so. That's good. Yep. <coughs> All right. Oh, Jesus. This is quite a kind of cynical chant, but hey. <laughs> I'm waking up on deadline day. I turn on Sky News and they say, I'm reading all the transfer news. Yeah, nothing is breaking now. But Yoshi's out and Cedric's off to the Arsenal. This is it. Our defence is shit. Whoa. But who's this lad over five foot eight? A right back Jose doesn't rate. Welcome in a new saint. In a new saint. Welcome in a new saint. Whoa. Kawaka Peters. Co-worker Peters, whoa, whoa, it's Co-worker Peters, Co-worker Peters. There you go. Yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to sound miserable for it, otherwise it wouldn't work. You always sound miserable, Kev. Oh, I thought, yeah. That was good. I like that. Yeah, I know we didn't sign him on deadline day, but still. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was good, Kev. That was good. I think we should put this for a vote. I think maybe you should um, you should tweet it out and see see who wins. <laughs> Russian phrase this week, Kevin. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, you're quite well versed in Russian swear words at the moment. Mm. Um, I know the word for cock. Uh, I forget. Oh, yeah. I know that. Yeah, so that's that's a nice word to say in it. Um and interestingly, um the word for shoot as in like you know, shoot at the goal is um oh no to, to, sorry, score, like score a goal. Uh, is that beat. So if you're the imperative if you're telling someone to score a goal, Zabi Zabe. So it's Hui Zabe. Hui Zabi, yeah. But um Interestingly, so yeah, cock and score a goal, um, <laughs> if you put them together, uh, means like, ah, fuck it, you know, like, I don't have to do it, ah, who's that But yeah, and that's exactly what uh, Shane Long did yesterday. That's brilliant. Yeah, who am that view? Well, if you change it to, um, yeah, if you change it to the instrumental, so it's, yeah, who am Yeah, who am That's like, score it with your cock. <laughs> I like it. 
That's cool. Yeah. Good one yeah. this week, Kevin. Very good one this week. Definitely. Anyway, we have um, Stephen from St. Mary Stats on Instagram joining us, which would be... I'm really, really interested to hear this, actually, so it should be a good one. And, of course, we have the Golden Player of the Month for February to go through. So, Kevin, I, I put the two... Uh, Shane Long's open. <laughs> the cock goal. Maybe, <laughs> we should, maybe we should put the cock goal in just as a... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We, we've got a lot of good goals this month, but anyway, um, yeah. Put your put your you put your polls up, and we'll um, and we'll vote on the player and goal of the month for February. Yes, yes, <laughs> I will do that. Okay. Um, until next week. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.